listening to 27 Talks Podcast. Step into the world of hair. We've got ideas and stories to share. Supporting salon culture and life. We'll provide the education. One talk at a time. Amber sits down with Living Proof CEO, Zach Regan. Well, hi, and welcome to this episode of 27 Talks. Today, I'm so excited to have Mr. Zach Regan with me on the talk today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Amber. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to tell all of our listeners and viewers out there a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do in this amazing industry that we're all a part of. So currently you are the CEO of Living Proof. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fantastic. So tell me a little bit about your journey um, up to this place that you're in now. Where did you get your start kind of in a nutshell? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Missouri, so I'm a Midwest uh, kid at heart. Um, but when I kind of got into my career, I had uh, done um, a, uh, a summer internship with Procter & Gamble, a big consumer products company. And coming out of that internship, they offered me a job, a uh, full-time job based out of California um, in the sales function. And that's kind of where I started. I, you know, I originally thought I was going to go to law school, but ended up kind of falling in love with the consumer products industry as a result of working for P&G. But in the first like seven years of my career, I was doing really sexy stuff like selling, selling Folgers coffee and Pringles and Bounty and Charmin and all those great consumer products. But it was about halfway into my time at P&G where they had actually acquired the Well of Professionals portfolio of brands. And that business is headquartered in Southern California, right where I was. So I got a chance to move over to that business. And that's kind of where I caught the bug for beauty and caught the bug for the professional salon industry. And, uh, and I've been, been in, the, in the business ever since. So that was 2007. It's been, gosh, 13 years now that I've been working in beauty and in, in hair. And I spent uh, you know, about seven years on the Wella business. After that, I spent some time um, with the Estee Lauder companies at Bumble and Bumble, where, where we got to meet yes. one another yes. and uh, led that business there for a while. And then about a year and a half ago, uh, moved over to uh, Living Proof, now live in Boston. Uh, Living Proof was born out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and uh, really has kind of a science and tech background. And Totally different from what I've done before, but really enjoying leading this organization and this great company and great brand and always enjoy continuing to be a part of this amazing industry. That's so fantastic. And I love that you've had all of this long journey as many of us have kind of stumbled into where I always say that like hair kind of found me. And I know there's yeah. a lot of us in this business that like, you know, maybe you weren't born into, you know, born into it, but it, you definitely stumble into it. And it's so exciting because it, once you get the bug for it, like you said, it just grabs on you and it never lets you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you really can take it in so many amazing directions. Obviously, where you're at with Living Proof, what an exciting time to 
be with an innovative company. I mean, you're with a, like, these are true hair nerds that you're working with, which is fantastic. MIT, like hair nerds. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's a really, it's an interesting combination in terms of the culture at Living Proof, because, you know, most of the, when I worked at Wella and at Bumble and Bumble, those are true like hairdresser brands, you know, that have a really deep heritage in hairdressing, like classic hairdressing and hair color. The thing that's unique about Living Proof is it actually was the product of kind of some unlikely folks coming together, biotech scientists at MIT, and then hairstylists that also were kind of fed up with limitations of conventional products. And so it was like this interesting exercise of bringing together academics and tech geeks with creatives, and it really ended up uh, kind of that combination creating something really special with Living Proof. That's so awesome. Well, how many, um, you know, there's, let me back up here for a second. There's so many brands that have really found ways to positively pull us as an industry in a new growing direction, given the circumstance that we've all been in with 2020 and kind of, you know, every month feels like we're sort of weathering another wave of, you know, struggles. Certainly. Brands like Living Proof, you guys have really come out and shown a good light. And I would love to hear a little bit more about how the organization is like really rising up to that positivity and growth and getting us moving forward in a good direction again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think first I'd like to kind of zoom out and think about the industry in general, because one of the things that I think is both challenging and exciting about this moment is people are realizing, some people are realizing at least how essential this industry actually is, right? Being separated from your hairdresser and, and your, your hair professional for six months for, for many folks has been really trying and people are realizing the role that hairdressers play um, and salons play in their life. And it's interesting, but the, or the client organization, which collects um, data on services and retail in the salon industry, they recently re uh, released their results for the first half of the year. And what it said was that service revenue was down 43% for salons in the first half of the year, and retail product sales were down about 32%. And so, you know, this really is a moment, I think, as you called out, where the industry is at an inflection point where we've got to weather some, some big challenges, but then also I think take it as an opportunity to embrace innovation and evolution so that we come out on the other side in a much stronger place, right? So, you know, I think um, kind of taking it down to the living proof level, you know, we've, we've done a few things to try to support that evolution over the past few months. You know, the first thing was, was really tactical in terms of uh, just seeing how difficult it was for our salon and distributor partners. Was there anything we could do to help them weather the storm, right? And so one of the first things that we do, did is we actually extended financial relief to our salon partners and our distributors, giving them extra time to be able to take inventory and sell it, right? So they had more cash flow. And that was a really important thing, as you well know, being a business owner yourself, just keeping your employees on the payroll and providing for the livelihoods of your people is uh, priority number one, right? And so we were, you know, we were happy to be able to extend uh, kind of some, some assistance to our, our partners to help with that. The second thing that we did is uh, kind of connected to our heritage at MIT, actually. And there's an organization there that we support called um, MIT Solve. 
And what that organization does is it's, it's what they call an open innovation platform where they actually invite um, young innovators to come up with solutions for real world problems, right? And one, we actually funded an award uh, through MIT Solve that uh, invited entrepreneurs and innovators to come up with solutions to actually prevent future global pandemics. And so things like how do you uh, do a better job of contact tracing through really innovative apps and data science, for example. So pretty heady stuff, but also I think, you know, these are the great minds that are working on the solutions for the future, right? Um, the third thing that we did, uh, which is a, uh, something that is a cause that's really close to my heart, is, is something that, that is uh, sponsored by the Professional Beauty Association, or the PBA. And they launched a disaster relief fund, which basically harnessed the power of all of the brands in the industry to provide financial assistance to salons and stylists in a time when they really needed it. And uh, we donated to that fund, and so did many other brands that really rose to the occasion in the industry. And you know, the great thing about that fund is every single dollar that's donated goes straight back in cash to salons and to stylists. So. That was another way that we really kind of helped everybody in the industry kind of, um, you know, at least in a small way, kind of weather the storm and, and try to get through to the, you know, where we have a little better circumstances ahead of us. Well, I wouldn't say it's a small way, honestly. And <laughs> during, you know, I was feverishly taking, you know, eyes on what was happening during shutdown and, and seeing what the PBA was doing for that disaster relief, seeing what you guys were doing during that time as well none of it was small it is not small because you know what it did is it made all of us who were business owners stylists who were not behind the chair any longer temporarily or you know there's a lot of downside to that time being away and there's a lot of hope that was given from you guys and oh, from the pba and from other brands that did really show up and rise to that occasion to where you know i may have been at home working on the emails and homeschooling my kids and wondering when is this all going to like shake out to where I have a bright future ahead of us. It was really lovely to see that there was hope on the horizon with companies like yourself helping us all out through it. So yeah. thank you for that. I can't say thank you to everybody. I'm gonna tell you thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, well, you're welcome. And one of the things that, um, you know, I think is most heartening to me is, you know, day in and day out, we can compete with one another in our respective spaces, but at a time, that's one thing that's great about this industry is whenever it is time for the industry to kind of take off the, you know, it's your own hat and put on the hat of the collective kind of world, right? We do a great job of coming together. And that's one of the great things that I love about the industry. That is spot on, spot on, is that we actually do, we, we are so strong. We absolutely come together, hold hands and really raise each other up. And, and I can't agree with you more. That is why I love this business. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you touched on the PBA and, and as did I, and I will want to share a little bit of, about that. Um, so the Pro Beauty Association, what is your role within the organization? And then we can talk a little bit about what the organization is and what it does. For sure. So uh, the Professional Beauty Association is basically the trade association for the industry. And when you think about the different components of the industry, you know, this trade association really represents, you know, salons, individual salon professionals, 
distributors, schools, and also manufacturers. So it really does take into in, in the brands, right? So it really does take into account and represent the interests of everybody in the industry. The kind of stated mission of the PBA of the PBA is to elevate, unite, and serve the beauty industry. So that's you know kind of what it's all about at the highest level. Um, kind of my role within the PBA, and by the way, the PBA has a you know a small number of uh, full-time employees on salary that kind of run the operations, but you know the majority of the leadership within the PBA are volunteer roles. And so I, along with 11 other volunteers, uh, sit on the board of the board of directors uh, for the PBA, and you know work with the organization on you know what the right priorities are to serve the industry and elevate the industry. And then I also serve as the chairman of the Manufacturers Advisory Council, which is the section of the PBA that kind of represents the interests of brands. What I think is uh, most interesting, though, is probably kind of the focus areas of the PBA. And I, you know, a few of the things that I'd call out is number one is it really provides membership resources to all of the kind of entities within the industry. You know, things like. Um, connecting uh, salon professionals with options to get health insurance if they're not able to do that through you know the salon that they work at or if they work independently also resources on how to deal with COVID-19 so what are new safety precautions you should be implementing and then how do you communicate that to your clients in a way that makes them confident to want to come back in right mm -hmm. so those among many other resources uh, secondly, the PBA also puts on events, so big trade events like Cosmoprof and the International Salon and Spa Expo in Southern California, but also events like the Executive Summit, uh, which is uh, an event that brings together all the senior executives in the industry to kind of look at what consumer trends are happening and think about how we need to evolve our businesses to really uh, capitalize on those trends. The PBA also does education, which is something we know is close to our hearts uh, for all different entities of the industry. But one of the areas I'm most passionate about is actually advocacy. And when we talk about advocacy, what that is, is really lobbying both the federal and state governments on behalf of the industry. And I, the reason I'm so passionate about this piece is that you know, I think that one of the biggest challenges in the salon industry is it's very fragmented because we're one of the, the last great industries that's dominated by independent entrepreneurs like yourself, right? Mm -hmm. The challenge that comes with that is it becomes very, you know, advocate with governments on behalf of the industry. So that's what the PBA does. And two great examples of that are the FICA tax tip credit uh, legislation, which you may be aware of. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, advocating, that's been an area where the salon industry has really been disadvantaged for a long time. So really trying to close those gaps versus other industries like the restaurant industry where there is uh, tax tip credit, right? But then even more recently, um, the PBA has been super instrumental in getting salons back open post-COVID. So I mean, you know, whenever uh, the state of California, which is one of the last states to allow salons to open, um, you know, more, more recently, the PBA had been right there at the table with the governor and his advisors to really advocate on behalf of the industry. So the PBA plays a really important role to kind of bring the voice of the industry together and to advocate for, uh, for everybody's uh, interests. And the last piece that the PBA does is charitable work, right? So it's like the disaster relief fund, which we talked about before, and also programs like Cut It Out, which actually supports um, hairstylists in identifying signs of domestic abuse. 
domestic violence and uh, you know, being able to talk to clients about that if they see those indications and uh, learning how to connect clients with resources, right? Because you know, stylists are often, you know, we, they get a view into a lot of things, right, with, with their clients. And so you know, it's, a, it's a real issue that uh, we can provide resources on. So PBA does a lot of things. I think the, the biggest challenge with the PBA is not enough people know about it. Right. And so that's why I thank you for you know, bringing, putting, putting, shining a spotlight on it because it's, it's really an organization that everybody in the industry should be a member of. And uh, you can actually find more information out about the PBA by going to probeauty.org. And you know, all of the information on how to become a member is there as well as all the great work the PBA does. Absolutely. I so encourage anybody who's watching or listening to please visit the website and really get your eyes and ears involved in what the PBA is doing to better our industry for weathering unknown circumstances and equally right. circumstances that we're aware of. So, I mean, the PBA has done so much for our business over the course of so many years, but 2020, let's say it again, thank you to the PBA for helping as well. And for members like yourself who really bring so much good expertise, knowledge, and innovation to our industry as we continue to grow and support one another and move forward through any good and bad times as well. Right. So. Uh, well, it's my, it's my pleasure to, to volunteer for the organization and you know, glad we're able to share a bit about I'm it. I'm a happy member and, and a proud member of the PBA as well. All right. so, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so sharing, sharing, everybody get out there and, and check it out and support at artistry as well. I mean, Naha's coming up yeah, no, so exciting. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of creation of, of artistry and then as well as that business and industry support so everybody needs to get out there and, and check it out so well i love getting a chance to talk industry with you but i also love 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 getting a chance <laughs> to get to know you a little bit more and i would really like to ask you a few questions if you're up I'm, for it i'm game you said your game, so here it goes. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> okay, so I have to know, how often do you get your hair cut? Mm. I'd say I'm, you know, I'm pretty religious about getting a cut every month, once a month, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it it's, hard? Was it hard during COVID? Was yeah. that really? Yeah. For sure, I will admit, I held out for a long time, but I did break down and let my husband cut my hair a couple times. And he's not a hairstylist, but you know, he comes from a family of hairstylists, so he's, he's, he's pretty good. He got me by in a pinch. And, and yeah. It's a, it's back to my, my stylist. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, we, I, I have my husband cut my hair too, so you know, that's how it goes. They learn through osmosis. When you've just like been around right. it, you kind of fake it till you make it. Fine. No one was seeing it anyway. It's good. <laughs> um, so what was your favorite subject in school, in your young school years? It's mm, a good question. You know, I think I was always attracted to, you know, science and uh, math. 
but later on in school, I got really involved actually in speech and debate. And so like, that was my thing. I was the speech nerd in high school. So, you know, that, no, that's not exactly a, a subject, but it's, uh, it's like I, something I spent a lot of energy on in high school. That incidentally, I think prepared me really well for the business world, just because you learn how to communicate really well. So that, that's a great skill that can help you in a lot of different industries. <laughs> Indeed, that's awesome. <laughs> I should have been in speech. Yeah, I could have been benefited by that for sure. <laughs> Perfect. I have behind the chair expertise. That's, that's it. Um, so I want to say also congratulations on your role as CEO yeah, with Living Proof. And so you've been just over a year now, correct? Yeah, just about it. Yeah, that's right. About a year and a half. So I have to know what is the coolest part about being CEO? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the coolest part about being CEO at Living Proof specifically is honestly all this exposure I'm getting to the science and technology that, you know, I never really had before because that's the unique thing about Living Proof, right? And so to give you a sense for how unique it is at the, you know, the prior companies I worked at, there was usually a handful of people in research and development, you know, five, six people, maybe max. Um, I've got a team of almost 30 people in research and development that, you know, many of them, the vast majority of them are hardcore scientists and they are literally inventing new molecules and new technologies to solve the world's toughest hair care challenges. And, you know, I, I've never been a hairdresser myself, but at my time at Well and Bumble, you know, I learned enough to make myself dangerous and at least, you know, talk the talk with people like yourselves that are experts. But uh, at Living Proof, it's been so cool getting into deep into like the science and technology and invention, you know, uh, that, that really comes with a brand like that. So for me, that's been the coolest part is getting a uh, kind of a peek under the hood uh, further upstream on the technology side, which is super cool. That's so exciting. So, so exciting. It's awesome. I'm a chemistry nerd myself, so I would be like geeking out hardcore on that. <laughs> That's amazing to see like firsthand and really new and exciting things coming out. That's, it's got to be so inspiring and so exciting. It really is. Yeah, it really is every day. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I have to know what is um, one hidden talent of yours? One hidden talent. Other than speech and debate. <laughs> yes, right. Well, one hidden talent, I guess you would call this a talent, is uh, some people don't know that I actually really into music. And um, I actually have spent, spent many years DJing, actually, and have a pretty extensive vinyl record collection. So I've got about 3,000 pieces of vinyl, which my husband uh, laments at every single time we move, because moving vinyl and records in that quantity is not an easy thing to do. But uh, even though I don't play at clubs at parties anymore, I'm still super uh, involved in music and love it for my you know, own personal enjoyment. So I guess that's one of my, one of my hidden talents and that everybody knows about. That's awesome. How do you um, categorize your 3,000 plus <laughs> finals? Like what's your method? Yeah, so, you know, I actually got to the point uh, where I had them loosely alphabetized. So at least all of the, you know, by artists, and all the A's together, all the B's together. Um, that worked well for a few years until I moved a couple of times. And then they really got all jumbled up. And then I realized it's just, it's, it's a uh, 
it's a it's a lost cause to try to be so then at least you get the serendipity of you know finding something new every time you start flipping words yes. right you just like close your eyes and point to the shelves you're like right. that one right there and there's and that's one of the things that i actually love about physical music because there is something very tactile and cool about like flipping through records physically you know uh versus scrolling through playlists on spotify so there's something old school that i love about that it's awesome i love it i love we have a very minimal vinyl collection but it's nice there is something really good about just like you said the tactileness of it yep. and just holding it rather than the scroll yes i yeah, agree totally. with you i totally <laughs> agree with you um let's see what is the last thing that you have to do before you go to sleep to like feel like the day is complete mm, that's a good question you know i guess for me it's just kind of like the night nightly uh <laughs> you call it nightly beauty regimen or just nightly regimen before you go to bed you know it's got to be you know, brush brush and floss your teeth do your moisturizer and serum and all that stuff yes. right that for me that's and one thing i i try not to do is be too connected with my my devices at the end of the night because then my mind goes in all kinds of places and find it difficult to sleep so try to use that you know beauty regime and that type that moment at the last moment of the day to kind of get in a good calm headspace. <laughs> I need to be better about that too. I think that's really good advice about, you know, set the phone aside, then do your whole routine. Don't pick it up again. Cause it yeah, really, you get right. down that rabbit hole and then it just turns everything back on again. I think it's well, especially this week, right? With the election going period. on. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that's like, it's, it's normally glued to everyone's hand, but even more so right now for right, sure. That's right. <laughs> Um, okay, so what is the best thing that you cook? Mm, best thing that I cook. Um, so I think probably the best thing that I, I've cooked recently is uh, pork chops with Dijon sauce. Do you normally cook? Are you like, are you good in the kitchen? Um, I would, I'm okay, but honestly, my husband is a wizard, and so he does most of the, most of the cooking. Uh, and so I would say I, 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 I'm good enough to get by, but if, if there's a choice between the two of us, you want him cooking for you. <laughs> Are you a better bartender than cook? Okay, now that is where, that is my sweet spot. And okay. that, is, that is especially my sweet spot because uh, at the beginning of lockdown, one of the first things I did, you know that Masterclass platform, the app? Yeah masterclass so yeah. they were running a, a deal on memberships for that at the beginning of the lockdown so i decided yeah. to check it out and so the first masterclass that i took was the mixology masterclass and I actually learned a ton and have taken the advantage taken the opportunity to build out my bar over the past six months and have really gotten good at making classic cocktails so um, I don't know how much my liver likes me for that, but I can make a tasty, tasty cocktail uh, <laughs> at this point. So. That's awesome. I think we can all relate. We've kind of put our livers through the test during shutdown yeah. and COVID and even trying to get our way through the rest of 2020. So it's nice if you have something that's very tasty to drink. That's, that's least, right. That's at right. At least there's that. <laughs> I love it. Well, you have to make me an old-fashioned sometime then. I would love to. <laughs> have you tried a Sazerac before? That's no. If you like old-fashions, you should try a Sazerac, which is a little bit of a variation on it. But All right. I'm going to do that. Next time we're together. Next time we're together, I'll solve that. 
Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So my last question is what do you hope to do before 2020 ends? As we're winding down the year. <laughs> um, honestly, the one thing that I, <laughs> I would like to do, but I don't know if it's going to happen is see my family for the holidays. You know, really, I, I've, uh, I've kind of, and I'm still kind of biding my time to see how things go, but I'm in Boston, as I told you before, and most of my family is in uh, Texas right now. And I'm still a little hesitant to get on a plane, you know, especially with uh, things going the way that they are. So my hope is that things improve enough that I would feel okay getting on a plane and not putting anybody at risk by doing that. But that would be my hope is after this many, many months of not seeing family and, and only being connected by a virtual means that could actually get together and see them. But it remains to be seen if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> well, I'm so hopeful for you too. And that would be like the best, like, welcome um, hug around your family. I hope that for you. I hope that 2020 <laughs> ends in that positive way. I also hope that you and I get a chance to see each other and I'll give you that. a big squeeze too. I would love uh, that. Well, I'm so grateful that you took this time to sit with me and, and share pleasure. a little bit about what you do for this amazing industry, how well you do it. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and expertise and, and really just just being an amazing person in this industry. So I'm, I'm oh, grateful oh. for you. It's, it's absolutely my pleasure. You're totally welcome. I'd love to do it anytime. So feel free to reach out and uh, back at you, Amber. You're just such an amazing light and personality and you're, you're, you are a perfect example of one of the reasons I love this industry. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to chat again with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you.